T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, the Chiefs are peaking heading into the playoffs, analyzing Kansas City's path to the Super Bowl, and is Brandon Staley trying to lose his job? We'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes live at 1245. Now two guys who are saving all their best takes for next week, Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. It's not a bye week for us. It's not a bye week for us. I'm still here. Yeah, we're good. Although, it's cool, right? I just take the week off. See you guys next Monday. Oh, you just, okay. Or Tuesday. I mean, it's a hot like, Has anyone, has so anyone ever said that. two more conflicting statements yeah. in sequence like that? <laughs> I'm here. I'm not taking the week off. Can I leave? <laughs> Unless you guys don't need me, then I'll I'll see you next next week. It's a, it's a it is a a week where you can sit back and watch everybody else stress out on on the playoff. It was great. This weekend. It's like back well, it's to back Sundays like, where you get to do that. Right. It's kind of like what Andy Reid said, which is you know they get the week off, but still got to take care of business. That's right. And what's what we're going to do? We're, we're going to take care of business. Nobody TCOBs like gold. <laughs> we're going to take care of business starting today and then starting next Monday. It is playoff week week. You know, it's playoff week in the NFL, but it's not really playoff week in Kansas City. Of course, until next week, the Chiefs locking down the bye, locking down the one seed with their very impressive win over the Raiders. And we'll get into what was the type of game you wanted to see, certainly heading into the postseason on Saturday. We'll get to that in about 30 minutes or so. Um, but we, we do know at least the layout, the, the potential path for the Chiefs, for any team. You know, the speculation, we can all stop. And, you know, is this team going to sneak in as a seven seed? That's done. The playoff field is completely set. And, and there's only now one weird neutral side possibility. So cool. It. We yeah. don't have to really think about all the other weird things that could have happened. Yeah, we got clarity there. I mean, it, it is with all the, the change in the playoff formats and the NFL adjusting that last week, of course, due to the, the Cincinnati and Buffalo game. Uh, now it is simple that the only way it really comes into play is if the Chiefs are playing the Bills in an AFC title game. If the Chiefs win a playoff game and if the Bills win two playoff games. That's the only way it actually matters. Unless the Chiefs get knocked out early, then you got the Cincinnati And then stuff. again, it doesn't it matter, though. The point the is the same. It goes yeah. back to the original, and Buffalo would be hosting Cincinnati. Or, excuse me, they can't. Ho- they would host a AFC title game, not against Cincinnati. That atmosphere yesterday was pretty cool for them. Well, the kickoff the, uh, return for the, a touchdown. And- sometimes, man... Sports, sports have a they have a real knack for doing that in the right moments. It was pretty amazing, and of course, we're referencing Naheem Hines his opening kickoff return. You know, minutes Twice. after, but the first one, yeah, yeah the, first the, 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 the Patriots special teams on the other, the second one I thought was terrible, but the first one, you know, fifteen minutes after they do a Demar Hamlin tribute up in Buffalo, and you take back the opening kickoff in your first play. 
since the terrible incident on Monday night. I mean, are you kidding me? Sports are the best, man. Sports are the best, and that was an incredible moment. And I was actually surprised that New England kept it as close as they did until the until the end where they pulled away a little bit, did Buffalo. Um, but now it is all set, man. Now, now the playoff layout is here. What, what do you make of it, though? Because the Chiefs are the one, the Bills are the two, Cincy is the three. So the good news, I think, the, the, and, and automatically when you look at this, is that, all right, we thought this was how it would end up, but you're not going to have to play both Buffalo and Cincinnati. There's a chance you're going to probably have to play one of them, but you're not going to have to go like Buffalo is or Cincinnati is, which is since he's going to have to play Buffalo and then potentially Kansas City if they want to get to a Super Bowl again. Buffalo is going to have to play most likely Cincinnati and the Chiefs to get to a Super Bowl, assuming the seeds hold where they're at in terms of the, the favorites winning in these matchups. Like that's the best thing you have going for. If you're Kansas city, you're not having to run through two of the best teams in the AFC in order to get there. You might uh, have to play a chargers team. Who's a five seed that right now. I mean, if you were to guess who your opponent is, you would, you would guess that the chiefs will play the chargers in the divisional round, but stranger things certainly have happened in the NFL postseason. I would think so. I mean, honestly, this is about as good as it can be considering the depth of the field. Look, the the biggest takeaway from look at the playoff seating is this is not going to be easy. There are a lot of very good teams. The fact that a team that we were talking about possibly being the two or the three seed in the NFL is the seven probably speaks to that depth. And the only reason they're the seven is because they lost their starting quarterback. Now their coach, won't say whether Tua can come back after his third concussion to play in his playoff game. And honestly, for his sake, not for anything to do with who I just, I, you know, for Tua's health, I hope he doesn't play this year. And then he takes an entire offseason off and he can try to get healthy so that maybe he can still resume an NFL career. Like, it seems wild that Skylar Thompson, who took Miami to their first postseason berth in seven or eight years, will have a chance to start an NFL playoff game but that's the only what feels like semi layup of the group. We know nothing about Baltimore because of Lamar Jackson plays. It's a completely different conversation. And we know everything about these remaining teams, but from a layout perspective. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. I don't have to play Cincinnati or Buffalo twice. That feels safe. That feels better. Get one win against a team you've beaten twice this year in uh, the chargers. Get a win against a Jacksonville team who you beat, get a, you know, get, get a win against a Miami team. Fine. Whatever. I'll take those chances absolutely 100%. A lot of this reminds me of, like, when I start looking at it, I'm just reminded that the AFC is the side you would much less be on. I'd so much rather well, be playing look, the playoffs in the NFC side of things. Look at the quarterbacks for starting, right? I mean, the, the, the quarterback, Mahomes, Allen, <laughs> uh, Burrow, Herbert, Lawrence, potentially Lamar, and then the seventh seed Dolphins, you know, like you said, it's, it's Skylar Thompson, maybe Tua. But then on the NFC side, it's... Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, and Geno Smith. I mean, it's not even not even close comparing the two potential playoff uh, quarterbacks. Again, and this is wondering if Lamar is going to play for the Ravens. Either way, the AFC uh, one through five is so much stronger than one through five on the NFC side in terms of quarterback play. It's not close. Now, the good news is, because this is the way the playoffs work, is you don't have to play all these teams. This is where the bye is still so important. Forget the home field. If they just said, hey, you have a bye, but you got to play all your games on the road, like we talked about, that yeah. wasn't going to be the case. But if that's what they offered you, you would always take the bye specifically in this playoff field. Because no matter what, Cincinnati is still going to have to try to go be Baltimore again, but this time it might be with Lamar Jackson. 
Buffalo lost to Miami earlier this year. So all these teams, but Buffalo and Cincinnati, they're going to play teams they lost to at one point. They were a split. That's a 50-50 based on the win-loss per second. And Jacksonville and the Chargers, we already know, based on the Vegas odds, coin flip, right? Total toss-up. So it's like, let them deal with the, we each finish one and one against each other, and Vegas tells us it's a coin flip. So let's just call them all coin flip. We know it's not that. Let's just take all these coin flip games, and you can deal with it. And we'll sit back, and we'll wait. And we'll get the easier of whatever happens, no matter whether it is the four, five, six, or seven. All four of those teams you'd rather face than them. From an NFC side, like if we're just looking for the entire playoff picture, the NFC side is so wild to me because a team who is starting a seventh-round rookie has the second-best odds to reach the Super Bowl. And the team that I think definitively has the best roster in the Eagles is no sure thing. Like, I don't know what the hell's going to happen there. I'm starting to talk myself into the fact the Bucs are going to beat the Cowboys. I'm like, a lot oh, of what? Are. I hate a the Bucs. A lot Bucks. of people are with the way the Cowboys looked yesterday. That'll, that's the, kind of the, the popular thought right now is that, oh, the Cowboys are going to be disappointing and lose their opening playoff game on the road. If that's the case, maybe Mike McCarthy's job. Uh, will certainly be in jeopardy, but that's you know, that's you wonder is that a little bit of an overreaction? Overreaction yesterday to the result because the Cowboys and Dak Prescott the last couple of weeks have not looked all that strong, and, and they're going to play play a Bucks team on the road that you know hasn't looked good all year. But all it takes is Tom Brady for what for one game for one week uh, to to look great, and all of a sudden you're in big time trouble if you're the Dallas Cowboys. The one thing I think is interesting too, just the there's a lot of rematches like involved here. I mean the. Bengals are going to play the Ravens well, in yeah. the back, you know, like in the back, in back-to-back weeks, as you said. Like, there's a ton of rematches. I mean, they're they're playing each other in back-to-back weeks, and it's going to be in Cincinnati this go around, or again in t- two in divisional first-round games. You know, yeah. Miami and Buffalo and Baltimore, I, Cincinnati. Ideally, you wouldn't have that. Like, I'm not a huge fan of that, but I think it's a different story. In if if Lamar plays for Baltimore, that Cincinnati Baltimore game, if Lamar's playing. Then, then who knows? I mean, maybe you could be taught. We're all assuming it's going to be Buffalo and Cincinnati playing each other in the divisional round, and the winner of that game potentially go into an AFC title game against the Chiefs if the Chiefs handle business. But like, if Lamar plays for Baltimore, I don't think it's nuts to think that Baltimore could give Cincy a run for their money, even though I look at Cincy and I still think they're playing as good as anybody in football. They are. They were hurt. This is what probably hurts them in not playing that Buffalo game. They've won every single game for the, what, last eight weeks? Like, they, they don't lose right now. They do nothing but win. And they looked like the team who was going to win in that Buffalo game. It was 10 minutes. But they looked good to start. And But the, the, great, the great news you should feel about Cincinnati is their path stinks. Their path stinks. They have the worst of the opening round games between them and Buffalo. They get the, the tougher opponent, especially if Lamar plays. Then they'd have to travel to Buffalo to win that game. And then they'd have to travel to Kansas City. That's not fun. I understand that things could happen. I'm just talking about worst case yeah, scenario. Yeah, yeah. Kansas City could get knocked off and then we'd be having a very different conversation. Definitely. And then instead they'd have to travel to Buffalo and then they would be at home against LA or Jacksonville and their path would look a little bit different going down the road. Were but you just, disappointed you didn't get the coin flip? Were you, were you disappointed you didn't get a coin no, flip? Did you, you know, see how they were going to do it? They were they were going to have it uh, in across from like the media room and they were going to just have one rep from each team. They were going to do it after the game there in Cincinnati, which I didn't want it because I think it's ridiculous, but also it would have been kind of incredible at the same time. It felt a little Friday night lights in the restaurant to just be sitting in a room together and be like, well, we're going to coin flip this to decide which one of you is playing at home next week. Good luck. I wanted it for the drama. I didn't feel like it was fair to Cincinnati. Although, honestly, like like if it comes down to like just Chiefs fandom, like if you're a Chiefs fan, you should have been rooting for the coin flip. You want anything to get Cincinnati out of the playoffs. 
Like, you hate to say it, but that's what you want. Like, it just depends. If you want the Chiefs to win a Super Bowl, that would have been the best case scenario for you. I'm happy that most of the weirdness is gone. There is now, after everything that took place, really only two things that are still a factor from that game not being played. Cincinnati has a gripe to say, why do we have to go to Buffalo in the second round? Should be a neutral site for that game. I think only because that game wasn't played between them. Because the record still is in favor of Buffalo. Buffalo won more games, whatever. They have this, they've played the same number of games, whatever. So, like, I get it. I, get, I think they've got a little bit, not a huge gripe, but a little bit of a gripe on that. And now Kansas City might still have to play a neutral. Now that we've got the whole playoff thing, the only thing that's going to be standing at the end is, do we get Kansas City-Buffalo? And if so, where is that site going to be announced? I will say this. I think it'd be good for Kansas City. They owe, I think, Kansas City to announce that damn site soon. Yeah, we talked about it last week. I, it's enough. At some point this week before these games are played, to me, you need to have the neutral site determined and not wait. I, unless the NFL really doesn't even want to announce it until it's a re, potential reality, which would be, let's say, Buffalo got upset, of course, by the Dolphins. Well, then they're like, well, we don't need to waste our time even announcing it. Um, but if you're going to get uh, – Buffalo Cincinnati divisional round game. You, of course, you, you can't wait till five days before the game to announce a potential neutral side AFC title game in blank city. So yeah, I, I would I would like to think that they announce it. We know they've already been inquiring with cities because the report on Friday night came out that the Indianapolis, the city of Indianapolis, told the NFL, "Hey, we're we're out. We, we're we're turning down the opportunity. We've got other events going on, hotels, etc." So we know for sure Indy's out. And then you start looking at who made the playoffs and potential who could still be around. I think you can whittle down the list. I still think we're back to, you know, Las Vegas, Atlanta, and Dallas kind of as the, the, the popular potential uh, destinations for, for them. Well, I mean, once the first couple got kicked off, then you're having a very different conversation, right? Where those things didn't have to come into play and you got to have a very different conversation about whether or not these teams were going to have a chance at doing it. And I think that that's, that's probably what it is, Gold. Like, once you started to figure out the potential ramifications of whether or not, you know, these teams are going to go in, but I, I just think telling them matters. I don't care if it's in Vegas. Look, I don't, I'm, I'm fine with outdoor. If you told me it was Chicago, so what? But you got to choose a site. You got to tell, like, Kansas City in a way. Like, even I don't think they got screwed. We had that conversation yeah. last Friday. Yeah. But I still think that they're owed to know where they would be playing the For game. Sure. Well, and is it actually going to be truly a neutral site? Not just that it's not; it, it's neutral in the fact that it, the fan bases aren't from that city, but neutral also to a certain extent within location. You know, like the report that was Philly, Pittsburgh, or something. Or Pittsburgh, that, that's yeah. insane—a three-hour drive for Bills fan. Like you can't, you can't be putting it there. So, look, ideally in a perfect world, I'll be honest. Like I'm, of course, I think everybody in Kansas City, uh, you're you're rooting for the Dolphins to pull off a huge upset. In Buffalo this weekend, that would be incredible. Then we're then you're totally done. Or in that scenario, next weekend, if Buffalo wins against the Dolphins and Cincy beats the Ravens, then yeah, you're you're rooting not only for the Chiefs to win because they have to handle their business, but then you'd be rooting for Cincy to upset upset Buffalo. That way, you at least have. You sure. I I still that's, think I so. still think that's yeah. one of the most fascinating I, parts of it because if we said at home, we all agreed yeah. that we would rather face Buffalo in the AFC title game than Cincinnati at home. We all said that. Yeah. So now site, it's though. like. Neutral site Buffalo or at home against Cincinnati. It depends on what you're, you know, if you talk to former players, I think we asked Aiden Hughes that question a couple weeks ago. I think the former players, and if you're a player, 
you're like, all right, they've beat us three times. They're like this, this is the team you 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 think you you want. You need to get past, and so there's there's some of the competitive nature that says you want. Yeah, Cincy. but sometimes a player's not being realistic I, to what right, gives you the best chance to move on. I agree. Now I, I'll still always take the scenario that gives me the home AFC title game. I, I just will. You can say it's overrated. I understand Cincinnati beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead in the title game last year, but if you tell me between the I'll two, I'll take my chances at home. Yeah. Now, with that said. Who's the better football team, Cincinnati or Buffalo right now? I, to me, as I, we said three minutes ago, I, Cincinnati to me, other than maybe the 49ers and the Chiefs, I don't know if anybody is hotter kind of right now heading into the postseason. The way it sits, like just looking through all of it, I'm still fine with how it played out. Like I, I understand the issues in this. And what's happened here is really confusing to me because when you look about all the seating things, Kansas City, I still think, got 98% of what they wanted. Maybe it's 90%, right, depending on how you value the home field. They got a lot of what they wanted. Cincinnati still got the worst end of this, but they're still going to play their home game. They're still the division winner. They can still, if Buffalo gets upset, host a second home playoff game. And really all that happened to them is the unknown of a game that didn't get played. And I know that based on the reporting, they thought they were just going to play on Tuesday, and that sucks. But but it's extenuating circumstances, if they had just gone with win percentage, this is exactly how it would have gone, except for the neutral site, right? So I'm still fine with the way that it played out because it doesn't seem way unfair because this is essentially win percentage, but with the one caveat that is the Bills were in line to get the one. We never would have known if they would have gotten the one seed if this is the case. Now, I will say this. Any fandom that is like trying to blame Kansas City in this is also absurd because that's what shifted now that Buffalo's won that game and things are feeling back to normal in the football world there seems to be a strong contingent of Bills fans who feel like the Chiefs have stolen this from them that's never what this was okay Kansas City never stole anything from you they played all their games they won the 14 games that they play 14 of the 17 games they played which gave them the advantage in the one seat I'm sorry you didn't get to play what was one of the most difficult games on your entire schedule a game you easily could have lost, this is the way that it happened. I don't think anybody is being treated truly unfairly anymore. Now that Cincinnati won, it feels like we got maybe the most fair if you're trying to factor in what I said was like the humanity end of this. Yeah, so look, I, I think now that the playoff layout is is out there and the full schedule's out there, it's it's kind of it's just at this point you're simple. It's simple if you're Kansas City. Just go you got one win to get to an AFC title game and two wins to get to a Super Bowl. It sounds way easier than, than it actually is. We obviously know that uh, you can you can lose an AFC title game. We saw it happen last year at Arrowhead against Cincinnati. But just it's kind of crazy. As we sit here today, Cody, I mean, they're two wins away from going to a Super Bowl. Again, with Patrick Mahomes, who uh, I don't know why the national debate shows this morning. We're still talking about the MVP race. I thought we were done with that three weeks ago. Uh, it's absolutely insane. He's, he's going to win MVP. People are texting in asking when they get their money. You're going to have to wait till. uh the night before the Super Bowl when they announced the, yeah, the, typically, the, the NFL like, honors or whatever the award show is called the night before the Super Bowl. But like you're the Chiefs. Uh, it's certainly uh, you're, you're still in a, a fantastic spot. I think pro football focus put out their uh, you know, chances of going to the Super Bowl and the Chiefs have a much better chance coming out of the AFC than e- the Eagles do coming out of the NFC. The Eagles, it's only what a 30 was a 36 percent chance to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC, whereas the Chiefs is like a 47 percent chance or something like that to come out of the AFC and get to a Super Bowl out in, in Arizona. 
Meanwhile, we were going through the layout, and we expected them to be locked in by the time their game started. Uh, that was the L.A. Chargers locked into the five seed. The Chargers were playing the Broncos yesterday, and prior to that, the Ravens had already lost, you know, 15 minutes in between. And so the Chargers had no benefit. Nothing to play for. Win or lose, locked into the five seed, you're going to Jacksonville, doesn't matter. And I, and I, I tried to give Brandon Staley for a half second the benefit of that when the game started, why his starters were still there. So I'm like, oh, well, Ravens and Bengals game had only been over for like 15 minutes. So like, okay, maybe you were going through warmups. You know, I need a little bit Just, more time. Justin Herbert play. and Eckler, Keenow, one drive. Okay, fine. And then surely you'd pull your starters. No, Brandon Staley played Justin Herbert in his starters the entire game. They also lost, by the way, to the Denver Broncos. They got beat up throughout. The Broncos won and the Chargers were trying to win the game. I don't know what the hell Brandon Staley was thinking. Your wide receiver, Mike Williams, got hurt in the game, needed help getting on the team bus reportedly after the game. Bosa. Joey Bosa, who had been hurt all year, finally coming back. The biggest problem with the Chargers over the last six years has been injuries. You finally got guys healthy, and you risked it in a game one week before the playoffs start. I don't get it. I'll, maybe I'll give CDOT some credit. We were Two weeks ago, we had him in studio, and he was saying that the Chargers should fire Brandon Staley if they knew they could hire Sean Payton. I said, that was absolutely ludicrous. What are we doing? They're going to be in the playoffs and all that. But I'll tell you what, yesterday was probably the worst act we've seen from Brandon Staley as head coach. That is fireable. What? And, and his excuse after did not make me feel better if I'm the general manager or owner of that team. He's like, what? I mean, I only have 48 players. Who am I so supposed to play? How about literally anyone else? Or when you're making a list of the players you're not going to play in what is a meaningless game, Start with the players who've been hurt for your team this season. Justin Herbert, Bosa, and Mike Williams have all been injured for your team this year. Maybe start your list there. Then maybe start it with the guys who have a long history of injury for your team. Oh, I don't know. All of them. Just don't play those guys. This is a fairly easy decision. And he bungled it in the worst possible way and possibly got one of his leading wide receivers injured to the point that he can't play for you next week. Let's just say Bosa's 90%. That's also worse. You haven't made the playoffs with Justin Herbert in three seasons to this point. This is your first ever playoff game with your franchise quarterback, and you're going to go in shorthanded because your guy can't do it. And it, you know what it is? It's doubly worse because he was the coach who refused to play players in the preseason right. because he said, I don't want to get him hurt. Yeah. So he knows the risks of playing NFL football and still put his players in. Yeah, you got to be consistent. I'd fire him. I'm dead you, serious. You, I'd fire Brandon Staley. That's that's idiotic. I, I you got to be consistent with your thought process then if you're going to do what you did in the preseason as you laid out there and then now in what basically was a preseason game because everything was done. I, he, you know, his excuse part of it was trying to keep momentum going in the playoffs. Again, play him for a series. Like a preseason game. Play him for a series. I, I would have had no problem if you would have told me they had Justin Herbert play for a series or two. I really wouldn't have had much of an issue with that because they found out like 15 minutes before yeah. kickoff. So I, I'm good with that. But why it took till the final six, seven, eight minutes of the game for Chase Daniel to get into the game. Who threw a touchdown, by the way? Good for Chase. What, what, he's earning, that, great, earning that paycheck. Unbelievable, unbelievable career that Chase Daniel has had. We well, should like, all strive. Yeah, man. It's unreal how much money he's made. And he's he's, he's been done it, I think, a perfect way. But... I just don't get it, uh, especially for a franchise that has been so injury riddled over the years. They're they're hoping, obviously, that Mike Williams is good to go. They've got to go down to Jacksonville, 
and you don't get a buy. I mean, it's like, I don't know, did Brandon Staley think they have a buy? Did they not think, did he not think they were playing next week? So I didn't get it. I didn't get it whatsoever. The Cow- you know, someone points out the Cowboys did the same thing. And guess what? Both teams that were kind of like half in, half out, they both they both lost. And they they like the Cowboys narrative is different. It's not injuries for them. It is oh they're trying to play good football. You they guys so that's, you were trying and and that's that's the momentum you don't have now going into the postseason. I I don't I don't get why some of these coaches handled it the way they did this past weekend. It's I'm I'm dead like I would fire him. There's enough evidence already to be frustrated with Brandon Staley. Like some of the other decisions that we've talked about, some of the other reasons why he can be a frustrating coach, how bad their offense looks. And I get it, right? That may be more on the offensive coordinator, but the head coach hires the offensive coordinator, whatever. They're too conservative. They already don't feel like they're getting enough out of Justin Herbert. Honestly, it's not as good as like we joke about, like if they had kept hacking around in Denver. But if you're a Chiefs fan and they keep around Staley, you should be happy. Because coaches who make really stupid decisions, that's different. Look, Andy might miss a timeout. And he might call a boneheaded play. And he is never going to put his team in that position. He is never going to risk losing one of their best players. Hell, he didn't even play McCole Hardman this week. McCole could have run out there for 10 snaps. And he's like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and wait this thing out. And even though I need this win to make sure I'm still the one seed, I'll wait till next week for McCole. You know why? Because the playoffs mean something. They matter. Justin Herbert, as of today, as of this morning, is eligible for an extension from the Chargers, which means bye-bye cheap years of Justin Herbert, right? Those are going away. Gone will be the era. Fine, for the next couple of years, he'll be lower priced than some of the other quarterbacks before the big money kicks in like Mahomes this season. But the cheap Herbert is gone. And what do you have to show for it? A single playoff appearance for a game you might lose because you don't have your number one wideout? It's crazy. It's such bad behavior at a Staley. Coming up next, though, it was the exact thing we were all looking for right before the playoffs started. We'll tell you what that is next. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
All right, just getting started here on Monday. It is Cody Ingold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwartz with you. Nick's notable notes about 15 minutes away. And, uh, yeah, a reminder, we are going to head out to Arrowhead in the uh, noon hour on 1245 or so. And hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, don't forget, this Friday, we're going to be out at Cinder Block Brewing. We're going to be out there Friday night, our playoff Pilsner beer release. We're all going to be hanging out. I think Dusty's going to be broadcasting his show live from there. We'll be having a great time. Last year, it was absolutely packed. I think everybody had a perfect way to kick off the playoffs. We know the Chiefs, of course, have a bye this opening weekend, but still kicking off the, the playoffs on Friday night out at Cinder Block in North Casey. You're neck of the woods, man. You're right by I'll be you. there. Yeah, you will be there. I will be there as well. Looking forward to it. As man. of right now, I'll be there. I don't think Wait, anything's oh. going to change. Well, I don't oh. I don't have anything that would change. I'm well, just saying, you know. I mean, it, you, what could happen where you would all of a sudden not show up? I don't know. Things happen. Okay. All right. Just like to give myself a little wiggle room there. Okay. We know that every single member of every show, we're going to have 98% attendance. Correct. Pretty good. Yep. Really good. Pretty good. Really, really I good. I can't remember the person who's not going to be here, Me but either. it doesn't really matter. Escapes my mind. I can't. Yeah, escapes my mind. Yeah. Nick, you having a good show? Yeah, you guys know that I don't feel bad about not being there, right? You know what's funny now? I feel like you guys keep trying Nick's, to like guilt trip me, but you know I don't so care. So it's interesting. Nick's not going to be there uh, because he's got like a family member's birthday party or something. And because my nephew got sick this weekend when his party was supposed to take place, the new party is this Friday night. I'm still going to the. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to the playoff. You know what? Pills. That's because, uncle of the year. That's because Alex pills, cares right? about this company. No, it's because he, he does he know he's wrong. It's because he doesn't care about his nephew. Oh, <laughs> hey. Yikes. That's not true. not true. This just in. All I know is there is a shocking amount of Friday night birthday parties for <laughs> three, four-year-olds than I ever knew. <laughs> I just had no clue that this was a thing. Well, this one's but a, apparently, that's the time. One. Some people, Cody, this is probably a foreign feeling to you, but some people put their children first. <laughs> first. <laughs> I put I care about my children first by scheduling at a time that is convenient for them. No, for you. Seven o'clock oh, on a Friday have, night oh, is not a convenient time for it's a three-year-old. Not seven o'clock. It's at like four thirty on a Friday. Yeah, there's two different parties. One's for family and one's for the kids. They're not on the same time, same yeah. day. There's like a family one you do with your family and you have dinner and cake and you get for your for your nephew. And then there's the one that like your nephew's friends from school do their parties. So Gold and I would both be better dads than you. I, think. I don't think so. Oh, yeah, I disagree. Oh jeez. Your lack of compassion would be very dangerous for you. You don't wow. care about anyone's feelings. You're borderline dead inside. Well, no, I don't care about your guys' feelings. I care about... <laughs> there's nobody Damn. whose feelings I care about more than my nieces and nephews. No one on earth? No. Not even your future wife's? Nope. Well, yeah, when she's my wife, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> You'll make the official yeah, transition? for now, it's still the nieces and nephews. <laughs> anyway, hope to see you guys out there Friday night. It's going to be... Seriously, it's going to be a great time. Looking forward to it. We had a blast last year doing that, and we're debuting uh, the playoff Pilsner with Cinderblock. Uh, so, if you were asking, though, for the kind of the perfect scenario, heading into the postseason, even with the, the bye and everything, knowing that it's still two weeks away when you're going to play, we got that with what we saw out in Las Vegas on Saturday. You wanted to see, can this team go out and dominate an inferior opponent? Can they get through a game without turning the ball over? Can you have a clean special teams? Four for four right? extra points. Yeah. And you did. You saw it. It's, it's, it's possible. It, I know that it's a week 18 game for a team that had really nothing on the line, but they did have ruin your season on the line. That can be motivating enough. Listen to the Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell yesterday and tell me that that can't be enough. He said, well, I don't want them to go. And I get it. Like, uh, 
But if if they are to win that, they could make Kansas City play this weekend if they are to win that game. They can make their life harder. They can challenge it. And Kansas City instead played a near-perfect game. They moved the ball with ease. They got pressure from their front four. They got turnovers. They didn't turn it over. It was everything all wrapped in. And it's why it was the one of the easiest wins of the season. Like, it never came down to, like, that uh, that Bucks game, where at least when it got to, like, double digits for a second, you're like, eh, that's a little closer than I wanted it to be for domination. Other than maybe the 49ers game, which was closer later in the game than this one was, this might have been the most ho-hum, never-worried-about-it start of the season. And I'll take it. I'll absolutely take Chad Henney showing up late in a game that we knew that was sealed. Because... You, some of it is like I almost wanted to act. I wanted you to prove to me that you were capable of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because to this point, no. I don't know that they'd played a real clean game. Divisional game, yes, it, it turned into Arrowhead West big time out there. I mean, there was red all over Allegiant Stadium, uh, so it wasn't this you know daunting road atmosphere. But if you're looking at what the Raiders did the week prior, which was give San Francisco, who you just we were just talking about the odds, and you know they're one of the three best, four best odds to to come out of the the playoffs and go to win a Super Bowl, the Raiders went to overtime with that team a week ago, right? And a Niners defense that even though the Chiefs put up points on them month and a half, two months ago, a Niners defense that's one of the best, if not the best in football, and the team you just faced, the same quarterback, same running back, same wide receiver playing, you were able to go out and shut down, you know? And I I thought that was what made it all so impressive, knowing what the Raiders had just looked like the week before. So we can get into player specifics a little bit later on. Obviously, Chris Jones was incredible in the game. It's nice to see his momentum. Carl Loftus continues on this ridiculous run yeah. that he's on right now. So it Both was, of them. They're good for a sack of game. It, it was exactly what you were hoping for. I understand there's always going to be somebody out there that's going to be skeptical because, well, you didn't do it against Buffalo, so it doesn't count. Like, there's going to always be that guy out there. But you did it in week 18. You knew what you had to do. You get a now rest because You knew the ones was on the it. line. Yeah, and so I, it was exactly what you wanted. To, I don't suddenly think that – you know, this defense is the, the best defense in football. However, it gives you some confidence that they've got, they've kind of on the right mindset. I think Chris Jones used the, the term, you know, like are kind of trying to peak at the right time. I think defensively, you could make an argument that there's at least a possibility of that being true. Whereas if you said that two weeks ago, you would have laughed and said, there's no chance that they're peaking at the right time defensively. There's at least a glimmer of hope that they might. And we'll see what they do in their opening round playoff game next weekend when they're going to host most likely the Chargers, but we'll see. I think this game kind of highlighted what Kansas City is at their best. Because at their best, this is a fact, they are the f- they finished fourth in the regular season in NFL and sacks. At their best, they're a team who gets pressure. They really are. They're a team who uses their front four and gets pressure. Uses their front four. Not just sends cornerbacks, Gold. Uses their front four to get pressure. George Karloftis and Chris Jones are an actual duo that can get to the quarterback at their best. They, Because this wasn't like the big play, look at us go get 70-yard touchdown team. They beat them to death uh, 12 yards at a time. They did that. And they were doing it, again, still shorthanded, right? Still no McCardman, still no Sky Moore. I know that those aren't massively important players. They're not the two or three most important offensive players, but they are the third or fourth yeah. or fifth or sixth most important players on their offense in any given day. They did it without them. They showed you who you are when things click, which is – We'll win games easily, just kind of washing our hands of you. Because it had been a while. We saw that. I think we've seen that more over the last two seasons versus this one. You see those like, we don't care about you. We're better than you. 
This season, we hadn't seen that as much. It was nice to kind of see it. It, also, it turns out that not turning over the ball helps you a lot. It's in this team, if they don't turn the ball over, to me, they, they can be unstoppable when if you're if you're not turning the ball over. Now, I'm still very skeptical that they can do that for against three, top teams. three straight games yeah. against top teams. And again, all it takes is doing it twice in a row to get to a Super Bowl. And that's why the buy is important. You're not at, they don't need to do it for three straight games yet. Just do it for if two straight. If they don't turn the ball over for three straight games, they're winning the Super well, that, that's Bowl. My, we know that. Like, that's the point is like this team, if they're not turning the ball over, uh, very, very difficult to beat. And, and, and unlikely, I would go as far to say unlikely. Uh, it was nice just to see all the way around. It was it was a confidence builder, I think, for the fan base a little bit, and hopefully some confidence maybe for the kicking unit as well and the special teams unit. I was trying to go to the text line to be like, oh, did they agree with this comment? And instead, the first one I saw was, Cody does for kids' birthdays party starting at that time because he's always too drunk to well, remember. That's, that's, that. a, fair, that's a good point. <laughs> that is. Why, text that's, line? That's a really good point, actually. Uh, we know usually it's picking up your children from school where, where that, that might occur. But, yeah. Did you ever – by the way, did you figure out – what you're going to do, you were trying to... Sending it out. Okay. Written by my wife. To the kid's parent that to you're trying to parent. have your daughter play with because she wants to play with. I was deciding to maybe try to let it go, but she brought it up again. Between our, yeah. our go with the note, then. show on Friday and this morning <laughs> when she was still advocating for me getting in contact with the parents, I'm like, okay, fine, you win. We will write a note, and I will report back on this show okay. how it goes. <laughs> Good. Whether they Good. respond to said note, I can't be promised. But the notes going with her, she has uh, her different. She has like her different school program today, so she didn't get to see her friend very long today. So we're gonna send the note tomorrow. There you go. Again, I think as long as your wife writes the note, it'll work. If you write it, it's not gonna work. Oh, it's definitely gonna be her. That's. I think everyone at least agrees on one thing universally. <laughs> she should write the note, not yes. me. Uh, we'll get to Nick's notable notes here in just about five minutes or so. It is Black Monday, though, in the NFL. This is typically when you start to see a lot of coaching carousel moves going on. Uh, we already had openings prior to this weekend, right? The, the Colts have an interim head coach. We assume that Jeff Saturday won't be. We assume Denver was uh, going to need one. Yeah, Carolina's got an opening. Uh, the change late last night in the fourth quarter of the Sunday night game, the news came out from Adam Schefter, and it's now been confirmed by the team that Lovey Smith was let go by the Houston Texans. I saw a coordinator. The, the Browns are going to keep Kevin Stefanski, but they're going to uh, fire their defensive coordinator. So those the only firing post week 18 so far has been Lovey Smith. I think the ones that everybody's questioning right now is does Cliff Kingsbury keep his job? There's a report uh, out of Arizona this morning that Steve Kime, the GM of the Cardinals is going to be at the very least demoted. If not fired, it's going to be an way demotion, right? M- maybe. Yeah. I, Cliff Kingsbury, if that is actually happening where Steve Kime's not still the GM, it's how, how is Cliff keeping his job unless the owner is trying to, to not have to write checks to two people that he gave extensions to this offseason? I mean, it depends because when you're that rich, you certainly can just eat the money if you so choose, but there's going to be a few more that go. I don't think any of them are holding on to the interim. Like, I don't think, even though, I'll say this, of all the interims, Steve Wilkes did a pretty good job in Carolina. He did. I I mean, I agree. he did a nice job for them, kind of underrated job for them. He kept them in the divisional hunt, and they were a disaster and might have had the worst quarterback situation mm-hmm. of any of the teams we're talking about's interim yeah, situation. He, he took over in week five. They're running out Darnold and, and Baker. and Yeah, they, week five, they traded away Christian McCaffrey. Um, I understand they were in a weak division, but it was, it was impressive. I, I don't think he's going to get the head coaching job there. But yes, I, I agree with you. He should get a serious look there, and I think he'll get he'll get some looks other other places as well. I'm trying to think like, what's the big surprise? Is there a big surprise one coming? No, because, because Lovey was like, always going to get fired. It, They're it, a dump of a franchise. They're going to have their fourth straight coach in four years, yeah. which somehow has happened seven other times in NFL history. I'm looking the way, for it. How's that? I want to revise. I want to revise what we talked about. We, we've been talking about for the past three weeks. 
that's still a worse job than Denver. Because Disagree. you have you will have zero uh, job security there. You will get that, that job sucks. and you will get canned. So that the, is a promise. We, we don't know what the new Broncos ownership is. One thing we know they're not the Houston Texans ownership, and that that's your point there. The, the yeah. Texans ownership. They're working for the Texans sucks. McNair, that whole family sucks. Flat out sucks. The fans can't stand them. The fans wish the owner would sell the team. It's obviously not going to happen. Uh, that that's that's what you're saying. Obviously, first round pick. You would have said first overall pick. Until Lovey Smith, who knew he was likely to be fired, he kind of gave a middle finger on the way out, said, we're going for two. We're going to beat the Colts, and we're going to cost this franchise the number one overall pick because why the hell do I care if I'm Lovey Smith and Davis Mills? I'm not going to be with this organization next year anyway or next week or tomorrow, in this case, for Lovey Smith. So they cost the franchise the number one overall pick, and you know what? It sucks for the fans, but good for Lovey Smith. Good for Davis Mills. He's a legend for that. Oh, Bears fans. Absolute Bears legend. Fans. He Biggest win for the Bears in a while. he was doing. He knew what he was but doing. But even if he didn't know what he was doing, like these coaches, like can you imagine Dan Campbell in a ser- scenario where they're like, hey, Dan, we need you to like take the dive. And like, Dan Campbell would die before he <laughs> threw a game or bench starters so that the team would get the number one overall pick. These football guys don't think like GMs or owners. Who who do you think? Is there a surprise one to come? Because actually, the I cl- think Rivera could the, get the, the, axe. the Cliff one is not a surprise at this point. I mean, considering we've been talking about this for months. If, he, if, we, if Cliff Kingsbury were to get fired... I don't think it would be a huge surprise. Maybe some people would be. I don't think we would necessarily be surprised. You think there's a chance Ron Rivera's out? I think he should be. I think, honestly, the way he handled the end of, like, anytime the ones that end up being the surprise ones are when they do something embarrassing and you can point to the embarrassing thing. And the embarrassing thing for Rivera was saying they could make it work with Carson Wentz, which I get's a GM thing, but, like, reportedly he was interested in Wentz. And then at the end of the season, not knowing they could be eliminated. When you do embarrassing stuff, especially towards the end of the season. That's the reason why I still think the biggest surprise one that could happen is Staley. They go out and lose. They go hmm. out and lose to Jacksonville. That is back-to-back embarrassing things. Mike Williams doesn't play. They lose to Jacksonville. He's the one I still think could get the ax. Interesting. So I, I, I would, I, so I, I would be surprised by that. That'll yeah, be, but yeah. that's what I'm saying of the uh, surprising um, ones. I think that that's the one that could, occur. I would be really, really shocked. I, I it's not necessarily a firing. It's just whether or not he's going to leave or not. But the Sean McVay stuff, this has been going on for all season, whether Seems or not like he's and, done, and right? the report from Mike Florio last night is that Sean McVay uh, is considering just stepping away. That doesn't want to be part of what is going to be a multi-year rebuild for the Rams. I mean, they go from winning a Super Bowl to, to not making the playoffs to not even being a five or six win football team. And Les Snead, who's the GM, they, they went all in and it worked. They got a ring, but there's of course now it's time to pay up, which means you don't have the capital to, to make things work. You don't know about your quarterback long-term. And so it's probably going to be a rough three or four years. And Sean McVay, it sounds like just like, yeah, I don't really want to be part of that. And so honestly, we'll somebody can, also, and also, can Kirk Herbstreet for him. Uh, no, Kirk Herbstreet. No, not, not the name. Maybe? That they, why would they can Kirk? You're talking about Amazon on Thursday night football. Because That was the job that reportedly he had. He had in the available. Now, and Kirk would have to step away on his own. I don't, they but Kirk's already got like a big boy gig. So like, that's not even sure, that's like but, a side job. You know, you know, you know yeah, who would fire on. for Sean they McVay? They do it all the time though. Amazon, Amazon will fire literally anyone who works on any of their broadcast for Sean McVay. They're like, any of you are fireable. Well, can you all except for what? Michael's. Like, all the rest of you can go. Studio guys, whatever. That's the thing They're that makes it easy for McVay to leave. Someone's going to pay him $20 Why? million. Kirk Herbstreet's not Kirk, pushing. Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet would just have to, like, step away. Out of, they're not going to, after one year, fire Kirk Herbstreet. Like, Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet is one of the They're going to fire Greg Olson a year after calling the yeah, Super not, Bowl. Not, 
with all due respect to Greg Olson, like the broadcast, like from a career perspective and the name notoriety, Kirk Herbstreit. But Kirk Herbstreit's and, and never Olson, been associated with the NFL I, I, until this year. I understand that, but like and Greg Olson's only been broadcasting for two years. I, I just Kirk Herbstreit and Greg Olson are not on the same level as as far as being broadcasters, if that's what you're going with. Also, you said like Kirk Herbstreit has another gig. Who cares? Like as if people just have a bunch of gigs, they're getting money, and they're like, you know what? I don't need the check. Let's yeah, someone but, else but, have okay, it. But, okay, but like, dude, tell me why they wouldn't do it, though. Because I think if Sean McVay is going to a broadcast booth, it's CBS or Fox. That's where he's going. ESPN's solidified now with Buck and Aikman. You think like, you could almost pull up the same scenario. Why wouldn't they just fire Aikman then, Nick, for Sean McVay? Is Aikman's, he go been doing, Aikman's been doing primetime NFL football for two and decades. Kirk Herbstreit, though, has been a football broadcaster for 30 years. Yeah, but, he's been, but he's never, like, nobody associates years. him with the NFL. I understand, but like... I, I just, yeah, we just disagree on that. I think Sean McVay absolutely would get a broadcasting chip. I, I, I just don't think Amazon would, after one year, is just going to say, sorry, Kirk, see ya. They might have. Oh, I think they, they, if might they were going to offer him $40 million last year, $30 million, whatever have, it was. Uh, yeah, they might in a couple years. Or that shows you that the what they, how they value him. As opposed I bet to that like they're not paying Kirk that. Herb Street, which, who not. was like their seventh choice. Like they had to go through McVay and then Brady and then Joe Buck and Aikman, they wanted those. Like, they had to go through several guys before they landed on their, like, fifth alternate. Like, I don't think that the Amazon's in love with Kirk Herbstreet. So, okay, if you just pay them, walk, pay them to go away then. If I'd make Oh, that. it happens all the time. I mean, the NFL teams do it. Amazon's like every NFL team rolled Times into a billion. one. <laughs> yeah. They I could just, buy they every the NFL cash. team. They just can literally buy every NFL I think it's far more likely they go to a three-man booth than that they just tell Kirk to go F off. God, the three-man booths don't work. Oh. How many times are we going to try a three-man booth? Remember, the one, like, with, remember the one with uh, Tony Kornheiser back in the Dennis day? Miller? <laughs> that did not go great. Kornheiser was, so was, was terrible. Terrible. Gotta write something down. Nick's Notable Notes. All right, guys, last night, Sunday night football, last game of the regular season. And even though it wasn't quite as uh, climactic as we would have hoped with before the game even starting, the Lions being eliminated, thanks to the Seahawks win over the Rams. I still think that game provided us with about as, as good of content as you possibly could have imagined, given the circumstances. How about this? Early in the game, Dan Campbell, I think this was at the end of the first quarter. Was interviewed on the sideline about just that. The fact that the Lions have been eliminated from postseason competition, yet they were still playing great football. The defense was flying around, shutting down the Packers' offense. And Dan Campbell was asked about what motivation the team had to play in that game last night. Team found out shortly before kickoff that you were eliminated from the playoffs. We have seen some huge defensive plays. How motivated are you guys? Yeah, we just, we don't want them to go. So that's our motivation. So we're ready. We're trying to play. We're trying to finish this game and see if we can make some plays on both sides of the ball, special teams. And uh, that's our objective. By the way, that's easier said than done because I'm sure a lot of franchises, given where you're at and how much winning you've done lately, the second you're eliminated from postseason contention, it's okay. Can I hit my incentive? Let's get to the offseason, right? If I I got some incentives to hit, let's do that, but we don't have much to play for. I don't want to be injured. I'm in a contract year, et cetera, et cetera. The fact that he was able, and there was no coach that you would think would be better at doing that than Dan Campbell, to motivate your team simply despite this team that's been kicking your ass for the last decade. There was a quote that came out, uh, (laughs) this is really interesting, from Mike Clemens on Twitter, who said that after the game, the Lions coaching staff got into the visitors' elevators, and one of their guys shouted, quote, can't be losing to that team three times, because... 
the Lions had just beat the Packers for the third straight time. A coach from the Packers elevator replied, real classy, to which the Lion coach said, yeah, well, your quarterback said it as the elevator door closed, referencing, I think it was on the Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee that was talking about not being able to lose to the Lions three straight times. So clearly bad blood, which all resulted in a fantastic game last night. I really enjoy a team who can motivate themselves because they are they were one of the more fun teams in the NFL this year. Started poorly, won a bunch. Their head coach is a character. Yeah. They're knocking out what it ended up being one of those teams that like, oh, you know what? The Packers finally figured it out. As bad as they looked, all they got to do is beat the lowly Detroit Lions on their way to postseason glory. And then we somebody would have predicted them to be the 2-7 upset. They couldn't even do that. And Aaron Rodgers was still. Like, the problem is, this season has really highlighted a couple of things like when great quarterbacks have things go poorly, how quickly they're like everyone else in blaming everyone else. Aaron Rodgers threw that awful pick and immediately was yelling at somebody else about it. Hey, man, what the hell? You're like, um, you did, you threw that. I had nothing to do with this. Leave me the hell out of it. Like Brady's had a couple moments this year, too, where you're like, hey, man, uh, probably not our problem. Brady's you- always done that, though, yeah. on the field. And, and honestly, on field, it's more about, like, how much are you blaming guys in the postgame press conference? But on the field, Brady has always chewed guys out. By the Same way, as, Manning. as quickly as you were talking about the head coaching thing, Cliff Kingsbury, gone! Fired as the head coach of the Arizona No, 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 no. These are my notes. Okay, sorry. These are my notes. You could have waited a couple more minutes yeah. for that. Again, not... Not surprising, considering where things out. The only thing, if you're the uh, the Cardinals, you just gave them an extension. You gave the GM an extension, and uh, it sounds like not only is Cliff gone, you're going to at the very least demote your general manager because you're not getting rid of the quarterback, even though he's the biggest problem there is, is Kyler, right? That's truly the bigger problem. I'll be interested to see where Cliff ends up. Let's not forget, uh, as much as people talk crap on, on Cliff, up until this season, they had won more games every single year that he was there. Uh, so whether it's a college offensive coordinator gig or an NFL OC gig, he will have other opportunities going forward, but uh, it's crazy. As Adam Schefter points out, the Cardinals still have never had a head coach. Any head coach lasts longer than six years. The team's been around for a hundred years. They've never had a coach coach for more than six seasons for that franchise. I still feel like Cliff got that job because well, Mahomes looks so great. They're like, hire him. He's like a 500 college coach. They're like, but Mahomes is great. So head coach, that's your job now. Oh, I'm just saying, I don't think Cliff was as bad as what the perception is around, around him. I mean, they, they, they won more games every year up until this year where clearly the Kyler relationship that he yeah. had fell apart. D-Hop was out for the first six weeks. And we knew the second that they announced that Kime wasn't coming back, yeah. that was going to be a problem. All right, coming up next, though, we'll keep talking NFL postseason. We'll keep an eye on the coaching carousel. And now that we know the playoff field, we'll tell you exactly how many teams can actually win the Super Bowl. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.